Well, I'd like to greet everyone this morning. It's wonderful to have you join us uh, live feed. And uh, while we would much prefer to be together in person, uh, this is a great opportunity for us to still be able to connect. We're grateful that you join us. Uh, Pastor Brian uh, came down with a cold this week, and so he had asked if I would be able to cover for him. Uh, we're hoping that uh, he will be back next week. I know you all really appreciate his messages, and uh, we, we just pray that he'll uh, feel well enough to be able to join us uh, again next week. Uh, so in the meantime, uh, I want to share a message that the Lord has laid on my heart that uh, I, I feel uh, helps us sometimes at this time of the year to kind of focus uh, on the people that uh, God chose to raise his, his uh, son. Uh, as I begin, uh, let me just tell you that I am one of those people that when I read things, it often generates questions in my mind. And, and uh, this is one of those times when, uh, when I'm reading through the Bible, I get to this and uh, I always come up with the same question. And I have preached on this before, but, but it's something that every time I do and I start to dig into it, I, I come back and think even more about it. And that's why these two people, why uh, Joseph and Mary, why are they the ones that God chose for this uh, immense uh, task, which is raising uh, the Son of God? Uh, one of the, the questions that always uh, comes up is, uh, as we do that, as we think through that, is was there something special about them uh, that God knew about, uh, or did he just randomly choose? And I believe from Scripture that God definitely had uh, some people that he believed would uh, do the best job uh, at that time of raising uh, his son. Well, when we start with that, one of the, the important questions that, that pre, uh, precedes that a little bit, and that's, um, who is this Jesus? And so I want to go to the book of John real quickly, just a couple of verses. In the beginning of John chapter 1, he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word there is a capital W. It stands and it represents Jesus Christ. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. In other words, before the creation of the world, before anything came to be, Jesus was with God in heaven. Uh, Jesus is God the Son. And they were together in the beginning. When, when our beginning started, they already existed. And Jesus uh, left that place and God made that choice to send him uh, to us to bring us a savior a Savior who would come and, and make a way for us to spend eternity with him in heaven. So now let's turn, uh, if you would, if you have a Bible, turn with me to uh, Luke chapter 2. And uh, I'm going to be reading uh, a few verses here uh, in Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came and he said to her, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, 
and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, and her, at, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her, who is called barren. I can't imagine what it must have been like for Mary, a young uh, girl uh, engaged to be uh, married, um, had never uh, been with a man, and all of a sudden to have an angel come to her and say to her that she is going to be the mother of God the Son. it, It had to be overwhelming for her. It had to be extremely scary. And uh, it, it's, it's not something that we can probably even get our heads around completely because we've not had that experience. And, and uh, so it, it had to be extremely uh, scary for this young lady, this young girl. But uh, a couple of things that we learn here about uh, Mary as we look at these verse of all, verses. Verse, first of all, we see that she is favored. Um, the angel comes to her and, and he identifies her that way in verse 28. He says, oh, favored one. And then in verse 30, uh, he said, uh, you have found favor with God. Uh, she is, has found favor with God. That means God sees her as somebody who might be worthy or will be worthy of raising his son. Uh, he's, he sees something in her that sets her apart uh, I don't know how many people there were uh, around at that time, but there had to be something pretty special that God sent the angel to her and is sending uh, the, her, his son to her. The fact that it's mentioned twice tells us that this is a significant point. She has found favor. There's something in her heart. There's something in her spirit. There's something about her that God sees that makes him say, she would be a good mother to my son. And I I think any of us who are parents would look at something like this and say, well, if if, if I had to have somebody else raising my son, I would want to have somebody really special because we love our children and God loves his son but he also loves us, and so therefore he decided to send uh, his son to us. Well, in verse 34, Mary asks a very significant question. How will this be? <laughs> how is this going to happen since I'm a virgin? How, how am I going to be with child? How am I going to have the son of God? And uh, if you think about it, it's, a, it's a really a, a significant question in many ways because uh, the, the fact that uh, she could become pregnant, uh, not married. Uh, She was engaged, but not married. Uh, At that point in time, uh, she could have been uh, 
pushed away. She could have had all kinds of negative things happen to her. So the question is a very logical, very good question. How is this going to happen? I don't understand. And uh, the angel goes about um, uh, explaining how these things would happen. Uh, first of all, he says that the Holy Spirit will come upon you. It's not going to be the normal way that a child is conceived. The Holy Spirit will come upon her. Now, we read in, in the book of Acts where the Holy Spirit came down and, and uh, there was the sound of rushing wind. There was all of these uh, signs of the Holy Spirit. We don't know how the Holy Spirit was going to do this, but we know that it's not the normal way that a child is conceived. The Holy Spirit is going to come onto her and uh, she will become uh, pregnant with this child. Again, think about that and think about uh, Mary has no clue about what, is, what this is all about, how this is all going to work. And that says the power of the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. Again, that's not the normal. That's, that's not the way things normally would happen. But if you think about it, God created man in the beginning and he took dirt <laughs> And he made man out of the dirt. So why do we find it so overwhelming that he's able to take uh, his Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit go and create inside of Mary, the Son of God, Jesus Christ? So he created the process of childbearing. Why can't he create this child inside of Mary? Then the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Again, because he's not born in a normal way, he will have a special recognition, a special thing about him, which is that he is the Son of God. He's going to be somebody very special. And we're going to, uh, as we go through the, the Bible and we read these things, we see in many ways how special he really was. And we're going to talk a little bit about that toward the end here. Well, I'm sure at this point, and I'm sure as you think about these verses, you would understand this as well, that Mary must have been confused. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> and again, as I read these, you know, I kind of always try to put myself into, into her position. Somebody, an angel comes and he starts to tell you these things, and you're like, wow, this is scary. This is overwhelming. I, I, I just don't get it. And... Uh, the angel is explaining these things and probably in a way that's trying to give her peace and to try to help her to understand and to grasp what he's suggesting. But uh, it still had to be scary. And you can, you can put any uh, term you want with that scary uh, feeling, being overwhelmed, uh, confused, anything you want to add to it. I'm sure she was feeling all of those things. But in verse 38, we see a very significant response. And I, again, I don't know, <laughs> uh, putting myself in that position, whatever, I, I, you know, how would I respond? But look what Mary says in verse 38. She says, and Mary uh, said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be me, to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Let it be to me, according to your word. In other words, I don't understand it all. I don't get it. I'm scared. Uh, this, is, this is frightening. But I will submit to you 
because I believe in you, I trust in you, and I know that you are an awesome God. And, and, and that faith in God at that point really demonstrates the special person that she really is. I believe at that point she still could have said, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do this. I'm, I, I'm a virgin. I'm not married. I'm not going to have a child. But instead she said, let it be according to your word. Uh, she must have known at this point that because she wasn't married yet, because uh, she uh, didn't have a husband, that Joseph, to whom she was betrothed at that point, could have at that point, when he finds out, he could have rejected her. He could have gotten rid of her. He could have said, I choose not to marry you. I'm going to divorce you. And we're going to talk about that in a moment. Uh, she also had to have known that because she wasn't married and she was uh, going to be expecting a child, that she could have been rejected by the people. She could have been criticized, humiliated. They could have stoned her because of this pregnancy. So when, when she says, let it be according to your word, there's a whole lot more there than, okay, that's fine. It, it, she's taking on a tremendous amount of pressure onto herself that, that could have been uh, the end of her life, in a sense, if, if they chose to, to stone her at that point. I think it's not insignificant at all. It's very significant that she was willing to do this because she believed and trusted God. She believed who God is. She believed the angel, and she trusted that God would fulfill what he had said through the angel into her life. Mary, obviously, was a woman of great faith. As a young girl, a uh, young teenager, she was willing to sacrifice her own self if she had to, to be obedient to God as the angel came and challenged her with this. Well, turn with me now, if you would, to Matthew chapter 2, and we're going to, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 1, and we're going to look at uh, Joseph and the calling uh, that Joseph has here uh, to be the father of uh, Jesus, the Son of God. So, verse 18 of chapter 1 of Matthew now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. In other words, Joseph, because he was a just man, wasn't going to to put her out there in front of people and, and ridicule her and, and have her uh, be stoned, but rather he decides to do it quietly. He's going to just kind of separate away from her. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for what, that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill 
what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. The prophet Isaiah said, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Again, think about all of the things that had to be going on in Joseph's head. Here's a woman that he was betrothed to with somebody that he uh, had uh, made a commitment that he was going to marry. But now, all of a sudden, he finds out that she's expecting a child. He knows that he hasn't been with her at all. He knows that there's not been anything that would have caused <clears throat> a cre uh, 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 this to happen. But uh, instead, he finds out about it. And it had been very easy for him at that point in time to do what he initially thought, which is, I, I, I'm just going to just quietly divorce her. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to get rid of her. She'll, she'll just be, have to be off on her own. Maybe your parents will take care of her, whatever. But I am not going to uh, stay with her. I'm not going to marry her. And, and that would have been really kind of a logical thing at that time for that to happen. But notice that in verse 19, it says of him that he is a just man. In other words, he, he, he's not a mean, ornery, grouchy old guy who's going to destroy this woman, but rather he's just and he wants to treat her well. He wants to do what's right by her. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I mean, he could have made a fuss about this. He, she could have been brought before the people, and, and at that time, she could have been stoned to death. But instead, he decided he was going to do it quietly until the angel comes to him. And when the angel comes to him, the angel tells him, Joseph, what's going to happen with Mary is a fulfillment of a prophecy that was spoken by Isaiah. Now, I believe that Joseph probably would have known about this prophecy. The people at that time were watching for, they were looking for Messiah to come. This Jesus that's, that's being talked about here would become the Messiah. And, and Joseph understands that prophecy that had been given to Isaiah. It's not insignificant that Jesus' coming is a fulfillment of these prophecies. There were over 300 prophecies that have been made about a Messiah coming in the Old Testament. Over and over again, there's, there's times where, where God said, I am, will be sending uh, my son. I will be sending a, a Messiah. Uh, the coming of the Messiah uh, was prophesied, as I said, in Isaiah, he refers to the coming of Emmanuel, which literally means with us is God. With us is God. In other words, the one who is coming is God. It's not uh, somebody who God sent. It's not somebody who uh, was in heaven and God sent back. It's, not, it's my son who will be coming. God with us. This is God the son. And we need to always get that in our heads and understand that this, this is a significant thing. My son is with us. My, with us is God. And uh, I don't remember anywhere in the scripture where the term uh, Emmanuel is used as the name for Jesus, 
but it certainly fits because of uh, who he is. He is the one who was going to come. He is God who would be with us. In verse uh, 24, Joseph wakes up immediately. (laughs) It doesn't say Joseph waited for a few days. It doesn't say that Joseph thought about it. It says when Joseph got up, he went and does exactly as he had been told by the angel. He took Mary to be his wife. Now, he takes her to be his wife, but the two of them did not consummate the marriage until after the birth of Jesus. This child was the child of God. It was sent. The Holy Spirit uh, indwelled Mary and and created uh, Jesus the Son in her. But Joseph, because he was a just, godly man, takes Mary to be his wife. Uh, Again, if you think about, if you were going to be sending a son or a good friend or whoever, if you're going to send them to somebody else to have influence, you would want to have somebody who uh, was a man of, uh, a person of integrity, uh, excellent character, uh, somebody who believed in God, believes in God and trusts God. And, and that's exactly who God chose here. Uh, he took this wife, uh, or took Mary as his wife, trusting that this was from and a fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecy. He was a man of faith. Both of these parents... If you think about the descriptions that are contained here in Scripture, both of these parents, Mary and Joseph, are both people of faith. If you, if you look at their actions, their actions demonstrate an action of faith. Mary is told, you're going to bear a child. There's a lot of reasons for fear and everything else, but she agreed to do it. In fact, she said, let it be as you say. Joseph, a man of, uh, uh, who is a just man, a man of faith, says when uh, the angel says, Mary is carrying the child that is a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy, he immediately gets up and he goes and he takes her as his wife. That is, to me, great faith. And uh, I I think it's significant for us to remember uh, how important that is. In a couple of weeks, we are going to celebrate this birth And it is the most significant first step in bringing us salvation through Jesus the Messiah. Jesus was a name that was given oftentimes uh, in those days uh, talking about the coming Messiah. It was a name that says we're waiting for it. We're symbolic. It's a symbolic uh, anticipation of Messiah coming. And so Jesus was a name that was done, uh, that was used for that. Jesus the Messiah was sent into the world through a virgin, Mary, and to a father, Joseph, who would raise him. But he was really from God. He is God the Son. He is our Messiah, the only one who could save us from our sins. And as we continue on in the Bible and consider Mary and Joseph and the kind of people that they are, we are told that after his birth, they took Jesus to the temple, which was a Jewish requirement to present him to the Lord at the temple. They were being obedient. Again, another description of who they were as people. They were obedient. In Luke chapter 2, they were, uh, were told that his parents went every year to Jerusalem for the Passover. Again, an act of obedience, following the requirements that had been laid out in the Old Testament. They went forward and uh, were obedient to doing that. 
Well, it's significant for us to think about this, that Jesus knew the kind of people that were going to be the parents of his son. Jesus, the son of God. They, he knew what they were like. If God knew intimately who they are, God knows who we are as well. God knows everything about us. I don't know about everybody else in this room and, and everybody who's watching online, but I recognize that I am a sinner. I fall short of the glory of God on a regular basis. I cannot measure up to the perfection that it would take for me to get into God's heaven. But because of what God did in sending his son, Jesus Christ, we have a hope and a promise of eternity spent with God in heaven because of finished work of Jesus Christ. As we celebrate the birth, and, and off to my side here, we, we, we have the manger scene, and, and we're going to have uh, uh, something uh, here next Saturday at the church. Uh, that's, a, that's a wonderful reminder of the beautiful gift that God gave in sending his son, Jesus Christ. He came into this world. He lived a perfect life. He, he, he had no sin. He, he went around and he was teaching and he was encouraging, he was blessing, he was building up uh, the people who would carry on after he left. But, but behind me is the cross. And at this time of the year, we can't just focus on the baby Jesus. We have to remember the adult Jesus who chose to allow himself to be taken to that cross and crucified. And he died on that cross and he was buried and after three days, he was raised back to life again. And one day, about 40 days later, he ascended into heaven, where he's still sitting at the right hand of God the Father. The birth is significant. All of these things are amazing. But the greatest gift is while we were yet sinners, God sent his son. God knew what Mary and Joseph were like. God knows what you and I are like. And God sent his son for you and for me that we may have the hope and promise of eternity spent with God in heaven. Not by anything we can do because frankly, we fail all the time. We fall short, but God never does. God sent his son for the very purpose of bringing us eternal salvation. I want to conclude with, with this. God gave his son Jesus to be born of parents who believed in God. They raised him following the requirements of God and certainly modeled and demonstrated to Jesus obedience and trust of God, his and their father and our father. And one of the things that was read earlier and I want to remind us of the Advent candle that was written is about joy. And Luke 2.9 says, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. That Christ the Lord is our only hope of eternal salvation.
We need to trust him and believe in him, not as the baby, although the baby is important, but as the adult who died on that cross and was raised back to life again for you and me. Would you join me in prayer? Lord God, I, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for uh, the example and the model that you give us in that you did not send your son Jesus into uh, the world to uh, condemn it, but to give us hope and promise. Lord, as we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we're reminded that Joseph and Mary were ordinary people who had great faith. They trusted, they believed, they were willing to sacrifice and to do the things that you had asked to raise your son. But it's Jesus Christ who is our only living hope. He is our hope and our promise of eternity spent with you in heaven because of his finished work upon the cross. Thank you for that amazing love and that amazing grace, Lord. In Jesus' holy and powerful name I pray, amen.